0: Oh what's going
1: on everybody? Welcome to episode five hundred and nineteen of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host Christian Piles. Joined as always with a nice little new backdrop. The funky one Ben Askren. It's coming along.
0: it's coming along. We're, we're not quite there yet. We made a lot of progress yesterday. So you see the TV mm-hmm. right behind me where I can put the logos up. Um, you know, I got my, my bookcases up in the office now because we, had re, we you know made this office. Um, and we, we have a few adjustments to make, but uh, we are getting closer than, uh, than we need to be to be finished.
1: And to my right, Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr. Last show for him for the week because we're going to welcome Stephen Kyle Brackey back to the fold. Oh, my God. I haven't goodness. seen him.
0: Jeez, are, I don't know a month feels right? like like three weeks or four weeks yeah,
1: yeah it's it's been a while so we'll be happy to have him back he's either back or almost back to his yeah home in Texas so that's good so yeah <laughs> the big day today holy cow uh so we're dropping we are episode three it's done it's gonna be up on the site soon uh, but you can't watch it till this evening so not uh, So don't get all excited so we're excited for that. We should hopefully, definitely have an announcement before we are episode three drops.
0: An announcement? Um, you guys uh, didn't tell me about an announcement.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, well, loose lips think ships, baby. Yeah, that's right.
0: That, why me? That's, uh, oh, well, I'll say this.
1: Something. We've added a match. I'll say that. And I'll say oh, that and nothing oh, else. Oh, cool. And it's good.
0: I like it. It's good. You're well, gonna... I hope it's what you were. Uh, you guys were posting about
1: yesterday. No, um, uh, maybe. That's no. Will we posting about that the
2: yeah.
1: Um, He knows. No. No, it's not about that. But it could be. Maybe that would come later. So we're not okay. done adding to the card. Uh, so awesome. we'll have that That hopefully today. So very excited about that. And well, I'll say this. We're so excited about this one. As soon as it was signed, we got on the phone. We we're like, hey, we should send someone there. So Mike and David Kuhn, <laughs> who were just last week with us. Wow. Gallivanting around the Northeast are going Saturday to this place.
2: Undisclosed location. Undisclosed location. In the United States of America. Yes. So, very, uh, it's,
1: uh, yeah, we're excited about this match. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> hmm.
0: so,
1: so, they're not coming back? They are back. Okay. I yeah. Mike was still, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Mike Mike extends his trips. He does, you know, camps all over the place. So did he come back to Texas? No, but he was not on Flow Official Business as of, like, Friday. So no Flow
0: Official Business.
1: Yes. But he's on that Mike business because Mike
0: stays, stays working. Uh, I love it. So. Well, you know, Mike has a great opportunity this summer, Christian, because, you know, and, and I did not take advantage of this, uh, but the NCAA coaches – they literally can't coach anywhere at camps, and so the camp market is, uh, you know, it's, it's very unsaturated. There's there's a lot of need for good clinicians, and you know, we did our camps here in Wisconsin, but I did I did not travel anywhere to do camps. Yeah, I wish I was good at showing wrestling
1: moves. It'd be a nice little, nice fun side hustle. Um, yeah, no, it's it's uh, Mike is Mike is Mike keeps himself very busy. He's a very coveted clinician, which is which is pretty cool. Um. Yeah, and that stinks cuz that is like a big uh, income generator for a lot of these coaches, right? Yeah. Like, you know, especially mm-hmm. you think of the assistant coaches, they don't they don't make as much and it's a great yeah. way to, you know, you can probably make, I don't know, 10, 15 grand if you do a couple couple clinics. I don't know what the going rate is, but it's a good way for the kids to have a summer job. That too.
0: Yeah, yeah, that too. I mean, that was what I did every summer in college to make money was uh, go to dressing camps. And Well, I know yeah. that
1: the, there are some college athletes that are doing that right
0: now. Yeah. They're they're able to go do camps. I mean, it's oh, just yeah, not specifically has, for college, their schools. Right. Well, college athletes are, yeah, they are able to go to camps. Um, the coaches are not. And then obviously none of the colleges are doing camps because they can't. Right, right.
1: Yeah. So, hey, we said we were going to talk about this David Taylor interview. Did you watch it, Ben yeah. Askren?
0: No, I was waiting for you to give me the, the insight.
1: Oh, you want the <laughs> insight
2: first? Why, why don't you watch it and wait a, wait a minute. Waiting, wait a minute. You didn't tell me that was part of the Hold deal. Hold on. Ben, huh? are you saying, like, so you expected right CP to be Listen, your cliff notes?
0: No, I trust Christian to give me good feedback, and, uh, you know, I go off that. You, so you're not going to watch it? Uh, I don't know. It depends on how excited you make me about it. I watched okay. the Kyle Kyle one. because you made me excited about that. Okay, cool. Um Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, neat. So we'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about the interview, I
0: guess. Hey, was... Let's go. What did he say? What? Tell me what he said. What did he say? You could have listened to the whole thing. Yeah. It's an hour
1: long conversation.
0: So we talked uh, about. I didn't, an, I didn't have an hour yesterday. Well,
1: he does not respect what? Pat Downey as a person. Um, okay. You didn't have an hour. Now hold on. Did you, all you have to do is listen to it. You could have just had it on your phone and just listened along.
0: I suppose I could have. You know, I was in this town meeting. Hey guys, we got a special use permit for the city of Franklin to uh to build out our building there which i'm pretty excited about dude you know what my least favorite thing of all time is christian town meetings i probably should have had my earphones in and listening to something because oh my goodness these things are they are a bear um wow yeah I don't have, know you, have you ever watched the show terrible. parks
1: parks and recreation
0: <laughs> uh, like one time maybe but i mean i've probably been in seven or eight different town meetings and they're relatively all similar there is yeah they're 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 a piece of work
1: well, if, if the meetings were anything like the Parks and Rec, like, public forum meetings where the, the, all the people of the community come and yell about, like, uh, completely ridiculous things, you probably would have a different opinion. But, yeah, I can imagine that's very – why did you have to go to that just to get the – permits or something you get.
0: Yeah. So you, I mean, in certain jurisdictions, if you're, if you're not zoned particular for that, you have to get to say what's called a special use permit. We also had to get our site plan, uh, approved. So, you know, there's a handful uh. of things you have to do, but yeah, I mean, so the, there was, there was a citizen's comment period and it was really funny because three different people all came up and said, we're really hoping you don't extend the emergency Corona, uh, procedures that would do any imposition on people's business or people's Liberty. And that was all they said. And it was like, it was like two sentences and you're like, wait, is there more like, you're going to tell me about like how it's going to hurt people's liberty, how it's going to hurt people's businesses. Nope, that was it. And then they went and sat back down. And I'm like,
2: what? why
0: did they need to show up to say that? Like, <laughs> what? what is going on here? That's so weird.
2: They wanted their voice heard, Ben.
0: And it was heard, but they, if they, if they got the damn microphone, say more than two sentences
2: all right well what's what's the time least- limit there in uh manitowoc county you got you got 20 seconds most give you at least a two minute public comment
0: yeah I, I don't you know what no no one cut them off so i'm assuming it was much longer than what they what they had said but yeah then the, the issue that took the long time was that there was a 360 unit development that wanted in you know, they're arguing back and forth and you know whatever we don't need to talk about it you don't want to, you don't want to hear about that you want to hear about freaking david taylor telling him pat down he's a bum let's yeah. go yeah he didn't tell him he was a bum. He didn't tell,
1: but he does not respect him um, as a person. He said that understandable. He, uh, I, I did ask him this. I said, um, you know, the Penn State room. Then he corrected me. He said the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club room. Uh, I said, oh had, my goodness. Had, I, I was like, I was like, it has kale. <laughs> I, yeah, it was funny. It's got Kale, Varner, you, Snyder, Bo all in there. And I said, is the the room ever been tougher? And he's like, no, I don't think so. And I said, okay, is there, who is the king of the room? Is there is there a, a defined person that like, this is the best guy in the room? And I was like, you don't have kale, to admit right? And he said, it's still Kale to this day. It's still Kale. How crazy is that?
0: That's pretty crazy i mean we talked about that when we talked about the michael jordan show but yeah i mean it's, it's totally crazy and it's funny because you know i know he didn't train full for the 2011 worlds but christian we're a decade we're a decade later david taylor is the reigning world champion kyle snyder is a world champion jake varner was an olympic champion after 2011 and the fact that Kale can beat them all still is like whoa
1: yeah i mean kyle snyder is i mean how old he's like 25 or something
2: yeah maybe mm-hmm. 25.
1: He's an Olympic yeah, champion. He's 25. No, Olymp- he's
2: 24. He'll be 25 this year. Yeah,
1: not even 20. Not even 25 yet and so, should be in the prime and he's you know, got to be a lot bigger. It just doesn't matter. It's just the answer is the answer is kale until I guess he's got to be 50. You know, 50, yeah. 48 at some point it's it's going <laughs> to happen.
0: You know what was funny? You know what? You know what? You got me excited for Christian. Last week and I just started thinking about it and I, don't, I don't even need them to do a match I just need to see like I want to see like a hard go Like these dudes slap hands and they, they go at it Kale and Jaden I mean that would just be like Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh That would just be so much fun I don't even need them to wrestle a match I just need them to get, get down and practice You know like slap hands and, and try to kill each other Like that would just be so much fun yeah, and we talked
1: about that uh, potential matchup, like who Kale would struggle with, and maybe maybe would be Jaden. But, you know, if he's still beating David and Snyder, it's certainly a
0: question. Um, but we, you don't... Talked, but we, we said stylistically. I mean, st- yeah. stylistically, Jaden – I mean, what's so fun about that is Kale is this offensive dynamo, and, and Jaden is this defensive wizard. You know, I mean, he, he has offense, right? But do you think defensively – How is Kale going to rack up points on him? It is going to be so much fun to watch.
1: And as we mentioned, we have seen a mankle pick, but we'll probably never see it, but it'll be awesome.
2: Would that be, so from the perspective of like, Jaden is obviously training to beat Kyle and Kale is obviously coaching Kyle to beat Jaden. Well, that's on the path of things that they want to do, but that's part of it. Would of course. Would Jaden do it just because Mm -hmm. it would also make him better? Yeah, maybe, maybe after
0: 2021, or maybe after
2: 2021. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, would Kale do it too? I, don't know I think said. it would be far more likely Kale would, because he there would be no downside for him. Uh, certainly yeah. not in a public setting, mm-hmm. but maybe. Well, that's what I'm saying. This is yeah. a practice room match. This is what yeah. this would be. Practice room, yes. room
1: Yeah. Well, we should do a public practice room match <laughs> where everyone can watch it Dude, with the that would be so team awesome. officials and scoring in two periods, three minutes. <laughs> cameras everywhere
2: yeah commentators ah. you
1: know a practice match (laughs) a match behind closed doors (laughs) but it's real Uh, so this quentin wright interview man you've got to listen to it it came on the Bader (laughs) show it is it is fascinating and he talks there's a lot of funny things but just talking about the practice room stuff he said the first couple weeks he wrestled with kale every day when when kale got there and he said all he did was step on his feet and push him over he never took a shot. All I did was step on his Killed feet and put Yes and push him over. And then he would get a takedown from, from that, and he would just hold him down for a uh, for a half like, you know, he would not let him up. He's like, he was never mean, he never hurt me, but I could not get up. And he's like, it was demoralizing, and he was like, all the while he's like messing with you. And he would be like, holding him down, and he and like Quentin would be like maybe getting close to an escape or something. And Kay would go, stay, stay. <laughs> While he's wrestling with them. So, I mean, you imagine he's doing this to, you know, and he, he said it was because Quentin wasn't moving his feet enough, right? So yeah. it was really, it was funny insight. And then Quentin also talked about um, their, I guess, their sort of sports psychologist, Bonnie, and like how this impact that she had on him in terms of like, she's like all about energy and all that stuff. He's like, it sounds like crazy. He's like, but it works. It like She helps you unwind the trauma that has happened in your life and helps you, like, focus your energies. So I don't – you know, he goes into it a little better than I can, but it's really, really, really interesting
2: stuff. He also <clears> – <throat> for him, it seemed it was stuff, like, within his family, right, and, like, the, the way he was kind of brought up to wrestle and then going to Penn State and having different – I don't know, I guess would be expectations of you, of what your practice is supposed to look like, which competition is supposed to look like, what wrestling is supposed to mean to you. And yeah. that's kind of what she unpacked for him, which doesn't sound very unique in terms of something that a lot of kids have to overcome when they go to college because they whoever their influencers were when they were kids yeah. kind of, it got them to a certain point, but it also messed them up a little bit.
0: Yeah. that That's a hard one, man. Even, I mean, even if kids get to 10 with a parent, 10, 10 or 12, and then you know, I start seeing them, and then obviously they still live with said parent, right? Dude, that that influence is hard to unwind. And you know, generally speaking, I always say almost all parents, there are some that are really terrible people, but almost all parents have the best interest of the child in mind. Just a lot of them don't realize the damage they're doing by certain actions. And so, yeah, I mean, that, that's really fascinating. Okay, piles. There's no way I'm going to have, Two hours today? That, that's impossible. Um, I may have an hour. Should I watch Quentin Wright or should I watch David Taylor?
1: You know what? Whatever. Come man. on, which
0: one? Which one? Gun in my head. David Tell Taylor. David Taylor. Okay, David Taylor. Okay, um, Dang it! But you, you guys got me a little more excited about the Quentin Wright than you did the David Taylor. You know, you and don't I, need now, to I'm, sit and stare into. we're missing out. I'm sure you listen. Well, maybe we need to have you a, a your, time
1: management course.
0: I mean, I okay. I run. We have five AWAs. We own two buildings. I'm building a disc golf course. I'm on this podcast. I mean, you you, uh, you know, I run. I run eleven practices weekly. We're running camps. I mean, well, I I, just I know that you're time. very
1: busy, but I'm sure you're driving Reaching a with... lot. Driving is a great. Opportunity. I, I actually don't
0: now. I don't know that the Corona hit. I go my academy's three minutes away. Okay, so you don't drive there. Yeah, I don't you get there. Pogo stick. Well,
1: I won't. drive it three
0: minutes. No, it's three minutes. I drive. Um, I will. Yeah. Okay. I'll watch David Taylor, and hopefully, maybe I'll get to Quentin somehow. But I gotta watch We Are Today also. That, that's uh, that's gonna be what thirty minutes. Nah, I'm, I'm most excited about that. That's it's gonna like be awesome. Thirty nine minutes. You got, oh thirty nine minutes, Jesus! You Sorry, guys are giving buddy. me some good life, life advice today.
2: So you just make media. You never consume any media anymore. No, I
0: I do. You know what? You know what? My main tactic is my my wife thinks I'm totally insane. Um, you know when I'm working out, which is not all that often anymore, maybe 30 minutes here and there. Uh, I, I will. I, I listen a podcast at double speed so I can get through twice as much.
1: Double speed is is tough for my uh, my own uh, processor, right? It's it stresses it. I like to go somewhere between one and one and a half. Right? Sounds like they just drank yeah. a lot of coffee. Um, two two X's, because then I'm rewinding to find out. <laughs> wait, what did he just say? And you know yeah. so no i don't quite do that but i, I like speaking up podcasts as well okay so <laughs>
0: sam Hearing sam harring said play on the speakers at wrestling practice number one can you can you imagine how annoyed the kids would be if i was playing podcasts on on the speakers <laughs> at practice and <laughs> number two i i think that would be both distracting to me because i would be trying to have attention in two places and possibly distracting the athletes if they wanted to hear what the podcast said so sam while well, that is a novel idea I don't know that that's going to be efficient.
2: Yeah, perhaps but not. But I appreciate it. Yesterday was recruiting day for me. I talked to a bunch of coaches, a bunch of parents of kids, and then I talked to Sam Herring for like 45 minutes about recruiting. Poor kid. He's in like seventh grade. He's already thinking about it.
1: Well, it's called good problem. Yeah. Okay. Are we talking about David Taylor?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, how do we get off topic? Well, you started talking about Quentin Wright. How I don't put know. It on you? That,
2: well, that was your, about, your we, fault. That, you, no. You, you brought up the Quentin Wright interview. No, I was talking yeah, about Yeah,
1: wrestling. you did. I'm talking about Quentin <laughs> no, practice <I> was, room <laughs> stuff, and then y'all got it. the Next thing we know, we're in time management. I don't uh, even know how it happened. You're
0: right. You're right. We started, you, you said the group of five. That was where we stopped. You said the group of five, and then we started talking about Jaden, and then uh, somehow we got to Quentin. I'm not really sure.
1: Yeah. So – david Taylor very <laughs> very interesting interview um he's not happy with Pat downey thinks what he's saying is ridiculous we got into you know why he wanted that match and basically I mean, he talks about just how he's he's been able to get really really good at, at training to the point of exhaustion and like then pushing through it and that's like what is why his pace is so unique is that he's able to Get himself every single practice, he kind of gets himself to that point, and then he gets pushes beyond it. And that's
2: why basically most people don't last six minutes with him. Well, and especially at that weight, too, right? Like, yeah, the bigger you get, it is harder to keep that pace. Yes, 190 pounds, and you're shooting. I mean, I bet if you took if you did like a statistical analysis, like offensive attacks per match, David's off the charts for a 190 pounder. Yeah, yep, that's a very good point. Um,
1: so we, we talked about that. We talked about, I asked him about Casey Cunningham, who like, is like reportedly like the strongest person who's ever lived. And he's like, (laughs) he's like, that guy is, he's like, he's unbelievable. He's basically, when, when David was coming up and when he was winning Hodge trophies, like Casey was beating him soundly, uh, it sounded like, and then, you know, he's like, basically he was world-class, a world-class wrestler who could have been. Competing and winning
0: uh, throughout, you know, David's careers, I, dude. I'm gonna push back on that. Casey Cunningham was in my bracket in 2008. He, he did not win the open. He did not make the finals at the open or the trials. So, you know, there there's something about being great in the practice room, but then you know, also competing and winning. Casey Casey, as good as he was, he did win an NCAA, title, but he never he never made a world team to my knowledge. And so, you know, that's kind of I, I feel like that's kind of a stretch saying he could have competed at the world level. When he, he never actually, you know, he was close, but he never actually did it. And then saying he would do it after he wasn't already training. You no, know what maybe, I'm
1: saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. But maybe he got a lot better since when he stopped competing. Is that not a possibility? I mean, I,
0: I mean he, he was significantly older than me. Um, so, I mean, he had to be probably 30, you know, 8. Am I, am I wrong here? Well, you were yeah, the national champ. Yeah,
2: champion. that sounds about right. Well, so the argument is yeah. that in 08, I don't believe he was with Kale yet, and he certainly didn't have the young, hungry I bucks think, like Ed Ruth and, and yeah. Dave Taylor to roll around with as frequently. I think he had just got to Iowa State maybe in 07. Dude, he's way old. He was
0: the NCAA champion in 99, so he was probably 31-ish in, in 08. Yeah, come on. How, who gets that much better after, you know? I mean, maybe in 09 and 09, 10 were – you know, weaker weights that say, if you're say he's gonna stay at 63, it was a weaker weight, but then we can say he's gonna beat JB. Come on. They ain't happening. Okay. Well, They're I mean, what are you, are you gonna, do what? you want to argue? Uh, do you, do you, you want JB? me to say
1: that Casey Cunningham's world-class? Cause I haven't seen him wrestle like hardly ever. Right. I don't know. I'm just telling you what David Taylor was saying and what, well, I'm trying to have debate he, a debate about what David a,
0: Taylor said. A, a,
1: a, all right. Well, I don't know if he could go and win, win world. Certainly Casey's never made that claim. Right. But yeah. listen, that room, sixty five up, has yeah. been ridiculous. And a lot of that I'd is agree. because of Casey's influence. And he is a main training partner for a lot of these guys. He was David Taylor's main training partner. And
0: I don't refute any of that.
1: Okay. And he was able to beat <laughs> David Taylor and a lot of these guys. And just because and that, you know, David Taylor was on the level internationally twenty thirteen. Now could he beat Jordan Burroughs? No, but no one was yeah. really beating Jordan at that point in time. Literally no one.
2: Literally no one. Yeah. And, I mean, he's still, you know, I mean, he was the guy. And, you know, they had to figure it out, right? Because it was kind of in between things. I don't think it's at the police. I mean, cancel this point. But, anyway, I mean, Casey was the guy with him at Pan Ams. Casey's guy frequently goes with David to a lot of these things. So, that that relationship has continued. And, yeah, Ben, whether you want to argue it or not, the impact Casey had, it has, is undeniable.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm not, so I'm guys. Here, here's a, I'm not arguing anybody's impact or how good of a coach he is because it's pretty obvious that he's very good and he's very valuable to people. The only thing I pushed back on was the fact that you know he was world level or can make world teams, and it's just like, well, man, I don't think he, that, I don't,
1: David never said he would make a world team. He's not like oh, he'd, okay. he never said he'd make the world team. He's just like this is okay. world class wrestler, right? Sure. Okay. It's, so don't don't try to. It's not. I'm Not trying to make this um sort of indictment. Contrary. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I paraphrasing. You I... I'm paraphrasing an interview for you that you won't listen to, <laughs> and then you're just going to get down there and microanalyze a word choice I used <laughs> that I don't even know if David Taylor used. So it's like it's a it's pointless.
0: <laughs> Why are you twisting David's words?
1: I'm not. <laughs> I'm doing okay, the best hold I can.
0: Hold on Christian here's why I told you like that. I was, I would always get really, really annoyed. And this, maybe this is being, my wife does get really annoyed because I'm very, very specific. Uh, might have mild Asperger's. We don't, we don't know, but I'm very, very specific about things. And I would always get really annoyed when the UFC would call uh, Matt Hamill world-class because he wasn't actually world-class. So for me, world-class is reserved for guys who go to world championships in place. Right? I mean, that that's what world class is reserved for for me. So unless you go go actually do that, I have a hard time saying that you are. Now, could Casey Cunningham probably compete with some of those guys? Sure. But did he ever make a world team? And the answer to that is no.
2: Okay. Uh, so, and, and again, I, I think he – go ahead, No Man. So do you consider yourself not world class then?
0: I have a hard time considering myself world class. I mean, I've beaten, I've beaten a handful of guys who were bronze medalists. I beat a couple of silver medals, but I took – I took seventh, but I got bumped to sixth, uh, because of steroids, uh, the one year I did go to the world championships, but yeah, I would have a hard time calling myself world-class. I don't think I ever use those terms. when I talk about myself wrestling wise. I might say I was, you know, if someone asked me, I would say an NCAA champion, I might say as Olympian, but I don't think I would use the terms world-class because I did, I didn't place when I got there and that's kind of in my mind. And again, listen, I, maybe I have slight Asperger's or something, and I have issues with the specificity of what we're terming things. But I have a hard time calling people who don't go plays at Worlds world class.
1: Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we talked a lot about injury, injury recovery uh, <laughs> with David. He wants to wrestle Sadulayev. He would love to
2: test himself against someone that great. It, it was interesting to contrast that, the <clears throat> the way you talk about the injuries there. And he got very emotional when he talked about it at Pan Ams after he qualified the weight because, I mean, he'd faced injuries before, but nothing like that. He'd never been off the mat for
0: mm-hmm. basically
2: a year, right? And he, like, he got very emotional in that interview. And, and, and David's obviously very like, when you get him going, right, he'll, he'll, he'll talk for a while. Um, so it was just very interesting hearing him kind of be able to sit down, and this is what, four months removed, three months removed from that versus in the moment, first competition back, qualifying the weight and um just like oh my god this was such a struggle for me and you know something that I had to overcome at a later point in my career all that stuff yeah it was it was interesting because
1: we we talked about that process of him coming back and you know for him to be back on the mat in 10 months and qualifying the weight and he said he had some major he I don't know if he used the word setbacks um well, as my words get uh, microanalyzed here. <laughs> um But Sorry, it, it wasn't going as quick as he wanted it to. Mm-hmm. And there were points in time where he was frustrated with his recovery and how well it wasn't going. And so he did kind of struggle with some doubts. Um, but, you know, for him to be back and able to, and he said he wrestled a way he never wrestled before at Pan Am. It's just a very controlled style, very – you know, he kept the match, kind of condensed it and made it, wasn't the wide open thing. He's just like, I know if I'm in these positions, I won't lose, so I'll just win this time. And it was kind of one of the few times in his entire career where he hasn't gone out with the the goal of, I'm just going to wrestle as hard as I can to score as many points as I can. It's like, no, it's very simple, just win the matches. And he says that now mm-hmm. he feels like he can wrestle his style fully. And he has no
2: limitations whatsoever, whereas that wasn't the case at Pan Am's. Did you watch the match with Tori Blanca? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I don't know if you could tell on the stream. Do you remember how angry he looked afterwards? And he beat him, like, either eight zero or 8-1. And that dude use- has given him really close matches before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a criteria match one time. Yeah, yeah, so he, I mean. But do you remember that facial expression? No. I And I, I don't want to put words in David's mouth, but after listening to that interview and kind of thinking back to that, it was it – was, his own frustration with himself, like, could I have opened up more? All these things, which what sounds like based on this interview, um, even though he won eight, he was eight one or eight zero and dominated the guy. It was like, man, I didn't leave everything that I could on the mat. So it's good to hear that he's now back to a place where he feels he can go all out. Yeah, we talked about
1: the move up in weight class, and uh, you know, did he ever have doubts he would be fu- uh, fully functional, able to wrestle his style at eighty six kilograms? and you know he had some reservations he, he kind of like not reservations he regretted his approach to moving up um in 86 where or initially he was like i'll just get as big as i can and he got like immediately up to 203 and he said he just felt terrible instead of just like naturally just letting himself get bigger he just tried to get big right away and he said that had a big impact and he said that that kyle dake kind of Did a similar thing initially, and then he eventually wrestled just at his weight, whatever he weighed. And he was, you know, what did he weigh in at at Worlds? He was 77 kilograms for Mm -hmm. 86 kilograms, and he still was a foot away from making the team against a guy that got bronze. So um, I guess advice to guys that are planning on moving up in weight class, don't Mm -hmm. just try to get huge. Just let yourself get bigger more naturally. That seems to be the... Lessons from David Taylor and Kyle Dake, who are both world champions. So listen to them. Uh, okay, we, we talk. Oh, one of the things I was most interested to talk to David about is. So we talk so much about burnout, youth wrestling, being good right away, and David, in so many ways, breaks the mold because because mm-hmm. he's literally been at the, basically the pinnacle of what he was doing since elementary school mm-hmm. elementary school he was the best middle school he was the best high school he was the best college he was the best now he's winning the worlds and he's always done it with you know seeming seemingly a, a joyful spirit about wrestling and competition and not burning out and you know he had a dad that that pushed him and he had you know co- coaches that were you know, harder on him it probably were that coach right Mm -hmm. and yet he you know he says he burned he there were two different times he did burn out but he didn't burn out in the way that you know name a name a wrestler Mm -hmm. burned out what times one was eighth grade going into freshman year or or Mm -hmm. somewhere around that time yeah when uh he just—he hadn't hit puberty, and he was like ninety some pounds, and he was losing to guys he yeah. was better than, yeah, because he just hadn't—his body hadn't changed the way theirs had. Basically, yeah, that's the
0: hard—that's the hard one in middle school. That's so yeah, he, hard.
1: But it's also like—it's probably really tough to get an eighth grader to understand. But it's also like. It is yeah. the most pointless thing to worry about, too. It's like these. Just, yeah. It's like this is a puberty loss, son. Yeah, Make, you you see that this I kid has muscles that, and you but, don't.
0: But but them getting their butts kicked, they don't right. They didn't say I'm getting my butt kicked. That's no fun for them. I mean, that dude, that that's a huge one. And puberty is. uh, I think Tommy Rowlands on our old podcast, most famous said puberty is a ped, and <laughs> it is, dude. It is so much, and the kids that hit it late, like like literally, they'll go from being you know a state champ to having a hard time going to state because you know especially like bigger kids in middle school seventh to eighth graders which are bigger but who have not gone through that yet dude that's that's a beast so he, he's right on that one
1: yeah um 140 pound kid that's hit puberty versus a 140 pound kid that ha- hasn't that is dude. like that's like a completely different beings it's one thing when it's like 80 pounders yes. and 80 pounders right but well, like, no no
0: no 80 pounder in eighth grade's hit puberty
1: <laughs> well yeah good point <laughs> <laughs> there may be some. There's anomalies for everything, uh, um, but yeah. So that, I mean, I well, think wait. That, what was the other one? Uh, I I don't, I don't remember the. Other, I think it was um. It wasn't in elementary school. I think it was like a a, a college or uh, after. I think maybe 2013 or 2014. He was so beat mm, up yeah, from sense. from cutting weight and, you know,
2: not making teams. Maps. Uh, yeah, I think maps. I think it was then. Perfect. So yeah, with, I would
0: say. Go ahead, man.
2: Uh, I was just gonna say with the 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 youth thing, I just push back on that all the time because the the amount of guys who are tremendous who had success, like you know, as five years old at Tulsa. Um, I understand that burnout is bad, and it's it, but I just think some kids just they just take to the sport and they love it and they will overcome all of those things. Um, like Carey Colat, right? I don't recommend yeah. that every dad treat their kid like Kerry Colette, but he was able to take it. But could Kerry But Carrie knowing knowing when, Collette if Collette your kid without, can take without, it without, is the hard my, part.
0: But but no man could Kerry Colette have been Kerry Colette with what we should probably classify as child abuse? Yes, yes, he could have. There's probably a good chance, right? So, it's, is that necessary? And so It's always like, do these kids do these kids achieve this? uh because of this or despite this right Wh- which one is it and a lot of times i think it's because despite the parenting style the kid still overcomes and achieves and then on, on the top of that you know i've had this argument with a lot of people it's like you don't need to be good early to be good late that's that's not a prerequisite obviously mm-hmm. sometimes please said are certain kids more combative Absolutely. freaking i i there's some kids are naturally combative obviously now, again, like Ozzy, I've been, I've been roughing him up, you know, give him a little collar tie since he's been one year old. So he's probably gonna be a little more combative, which a lot, you know, he's lost some dads grab their kids a little rough with them. Some kids are like uh, sit on the couch. So, yes, some kids are more combative. Some people take more naturally to wrestling. But the other thing we have to factor into this is are those styles of coaching slash parenting, are they prohibitive of, and I hate, I hate using this term, but growing the base of wrestling? Right? Like we, we talk about this, like there's USA wrestling statistics. Only 59% of people who wrestle, wrestle again the next year. That's effing insane. Yeah. There's, there's a big reason why we can't grow the numbers of our youth and high school sport. Well, because 41% of them quit every year, 41%. Yeah. Think about that. It's You're insane. just on a so, treadmill and, and hey, I think the, treadmills. the so thing coaches, with that, Ben, yeah, oh, go ahead. Okay, coach, coaches and coaches that manner tend to have a lot of kids that burn out, and they blame the kids. And, yeah, those kids weren't tough enough for you, for you but you're, you're kind of a uh, uh, – I'm going to say naughty word, so I'll just stop. Let's
2: go. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Ben. The uh so good. the uh The thing with that, with the 41%, and I think this is the hard part and something that you've probably thought about more deeply than a lot of people and you know probably somebody like David now is probably thinking about with his club, is, okay, there's 41%. What is the range of kids who are like, they're just going to quit, like they just, their parents yeah. may try wrestling, they're going to quit no matter what, whether they had success, whether it was easy, whether it was hard, no matter what. What is the that middle ground, that gray area percentage of, is it 5% of those kids, is it 10% of those kids, is it 50% of those kids that would come back if things were done a little bit differently? You know, if maybe yeah. another friend of theirs had joined, if another friend of theirs had stayed on. Um, I think that's the hard part to identify, yeah. but, and I'm curious the, now to hear David's thoughts on that with his club, which has a ton of kids involved.
0: Yeah, I, I can tell you our, our retention is so forty forty one minus one hundred is fifty nine. Our retention is insanely over fifty nine percent. I mean, we're I'm talking probably eighty five to ninety ish. Obviously, you would say, well, the kids who are coming to our club are probably already more serious about wrestling. Sure, that is true, but even with our little ninjas class, which is generally beginners, it's it's higher than fifty nine percent significantly. Um, and so, what I would say is the year year over year statistic. So, for, it's forty one percent in one year. So, if you start multiplying fifty nine time, times fifty nine percent times fifty nine percent, well, the next year we're at like thirty five percent. So, two years later, you're at thirty five percent of the original hundred kids. Another year later, you're in the twenties somewhere, right? So, over the course of years, so even if you go from say will say we'll just round up to sixty, but if you go from sixty to seventy, that's a big difference, right? So if you if you keep another ten percent, that that's especially now you you accumulate that over the course of five to ten years, it's a huge number. So and things we can do to mitigate kids quitting or kids burning out is gigantic for wrestling because you know we, we kind of talked about this yesterday, but things don't grow unless they have an economy around them. When they have an economy around them, and people can actually put money into them that's when things will really, really, really grow. I mean, we've seen this with full wrestling. Full wrestling has put more money into wrestling than anybody, period, right? And because of that, the coverage has grown to exponential levels from what it was in 2000, say, 10, 11, 12. It has grown like this. And so – Again, if you could do that with kids, if you keep more kids around, there's an economy around the, a bigger economy around the sport. The sport will grow faster. And so, yeah, I mean, all, all, especially all these idiots that use that "grow wrestling" hashtag should think about that when they're, when they're coaching the kids.
1: So one thing I, I'm, I'm curious about is where does competition lie in this? Because I think if you look at almost any sport, any little league sport that any kid does so there's practice and there's games right and i feel like competition is something that should be in in my this is my personal parenting slash coaching opinion Mm -hmm. is that is that they you should be slow to enter your kids into wrestling competition right and i know that i sent caleb to a, a club for a while and they were they were like, "Hey, Caleb. Caleb's ready. Caleb's ready to compete. He could do it. He would. Yeah. He would. He would be all right." And I'm like, "No, he's not." And like, maybe he would. And he probably would beat some matches because he's gonna be stronger than a lot of the kids, and he knows some things. But yeah. it's he's not. He doesn't know the rule. He's not really ready. And even though yeah. he's he wants to, I think if I asked him, "Hey, you want inter tournament this week?" He'd probably do it. But um, I just know that he he's not right. And I know that wouldn't yeah, no, I, be the best I, experience for him
0: yeah you're you're totally spot on on that and i you know i can just i could cite a bunch because my my daughter still has not competed in a match i told her next year when she's eight she's gonna wrestle in one tournament right but most people say oh my god she wrestled she wrestled zero matches at five six seven year old she you know she wrestles in our our little little ninja's class um but that's it no matches she'll do one tournament next year and um and that's really because i don't really see the purpose and you know i just i brought up this kid because sometimes i gotta remind kids how much better they're getting we have one kid right now who like I said I, I think he's probably gonna get ranked hopefully by you guys as a junior. I won't say his name, I don't want to influence you. He won a high school state title this year, and he was one of the guys who really took to our philosophy of starting late. I mean, I want to say, guys, he didn't do more than 15 matches a year until eighth grade. I mean, I would be shocked. That's just my feeling. I would be shocked if it was maybe it's 20, but it's the, the answer is it's not a lot, it's not a hard like some of these kids are doing. Um, And then, obviously, as a freshman, he started competing a lot, and boom, boom, he's went like this, right? And, you know, so – but he was one of the kids where I was kind of – I want them to be a little more prepared by ninth grade. So now we've had our seventh-eighth graders who have been with us for a while. We're encouraging them to wrestle, like, at least 40 matches a year so they get more competition. So we have kind of ramped up our seventh-eighth graders, but our our stuff with the young kids stays the same. We don't need them to wrestle. They don't all listen to us, but we encourage them to not compete a lot.
2: Yeah, I think there's, like – so – Ben, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. There's like three prongs on to me on the competition at a young age thing. So number one, there is like understanding the value of wins and losses. And like, it's good to win. It's okay to lose. And it's just like part of the process and kind of, will the kid be able to handle success or failure? Like, will they be able to handle it either way? I think that's part of it, yes. which is yeah. which, which is part of what Christian was talking about with with Caleb. Like, okay, like if you win some matches, if you lose some matches, how is he going to handle it? Um, I also think it's like treating competition as this is like what Dave was talking about. Treating competition as joy, right? Like, oh, I get to show off all the yeah. cool stuff I learned in practice, right? And, and treating it as yeah. as a privilege, right? As as something you are grateful for. Uh-huh. And then the third thing is, and I think this is—I I think this is the big thing because I'm not terribly against little kids wrestling. Again, if they're it, like, if they can, you got to read the room. If they can mentally handle it, but you only have so many weigh-ins in your body. And oh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> really, you don't think there's like a like for each person? There's like a finite number where it's just like, because I mean, well, Johnny Hendricks I... is the one that comes to mind for me. Like, well, I've never quite weight be here. again. Yeah. Yeah, it mean, might be here. Also mentally, what weight classes not.
1: are you choosing? Are you choosing stupid weight classes that are really hard for you to cut to? Yeah, or are you going we have up none. the weight? But
2: that's what I'm talking about, none. right? Like yeah. like Sure, like, that's fair. Allowing allowing kid just allowing someone to to wrestle and make it about wrestling, not about cutting weight. And I'm still okay with kids cutting a little bit of weight. It's just you only have a finite amount of times where you're gonna put your body through that hell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess mentally, just that that would just encourage that burnout faster because I don't care who you are. Cutting weight is a terrible thing. No, nobody enjoys it. No one says I'm looking forward to, you know, losing this last seven pounds of sweat. There's nobody on the world that says that, right? Um, and they might do it for a purpose, but they would not just do it for pleasure. No one does that. So yeah, I would agree with that. and you know, again, we don't really have our little kids cut weight. I think it's kind of counterintuitive. You know, maybe for Fargo when they get that age, which but by that age, they're kind of older, right? We'll maybe encourage them to make the right weight classes. But then again, during the high school season, Uh, unless there's a log jam on their team we're encouraging them not to cut a lot of weight because you got to weigh in 20 times Fargo's two weigh-ins right the first day the second day a high school season is 20 weigh-ins that's a significantly different thing on your body and so yeah again i guess there's a competitive log jam on the team we're encouraging kids not not to cut weight at all yeah Mm.
1: makes sense yeah all right so that was and, 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 and i asked how he was applying that to uh you know what what he's learned along the way to his school M2 uh, training center and he didn't he didn't want to get very specific there, which is very Penn State of That's him. Kale Kale esque. I know.
2: <laughs> I was like, really? Little League Wrestling? But all right, fine. Um and he's got good help there with Mark know, McKnight. And, yeah, Mark and Eric. So Yeah.
1: It was it was funny, he talks about how like the first practice they had, like six kids showed up, they're like, this is gonna be an epic fail. <laughs>
0: um yeah that's uh that'll happen i mean the first summer there was a handful of days where there was only two kids in our room right in the middle of summer because people just weren't used to wrestling in the middle of the summer yeah and uh well we don't we don't have that problem anymore yeah i guess not that's good <laughs> yeah okay
1: yeah. um so i don't know have we recapped enough of the david taylor interview
0: um yeah you know what i guess I'm, let me just kind of finish that thought up it's like and the other thing about david taylor and, and some of these other guys is you know, there's a lot of times that I think parents see maybe a really good parent, you know, kind of the way they act and they try to replicate it. And some of these parents that are super hardcore actually have like and maybe it's like maybe it's by accident, maybe it's worse, but they have like a decent understanding of sports psychology and they like they're they're interweaving their their really aggressive side with with a loving side as well. And it can kind of balance itself a little bit and then there's other parents that try to replicate that and if you have that like hard ass side without the loving side they, there's nothing to balance it right and it just makes the kid either hate you or hate wrestling one of the two which both both are bad right so there are some parents who kind of you know again i don't know if it's by accident or by design but they haven't figured out and then parents start to replicate that and it just doesn't work
1: yeah and it, it's interesting here you know quentin talks about his upbringing and you if you I know you wrestle Quentin. I don't know if you know him at all, Ben, but he is a really, really nice guy. His dad he's was hardcore. Nice, him, yeah. His dad was yeah. hardcore. He was that dad, right? And, yeah. you know, Quentin... Quentin talks about how at one point he was kicked out of his own house because he was spending too much time with his girlfriend. And then he's like, he's like, I felt like I had no one because after he lost a Gambral, the entire Penn State... He said they were all mad at him, weren't talking to him, and he was kicked out of his house. He's like, it was just my mom and my grandma or something like that. Wait, he
0: lived at home during college?
1: He's from State College. I don't know yeah. if that's what that means. Oh, I um, thought he was from Bald Eagle area. Is that,
0: is that by State College or something? Yes. Yes. yes okay. Close. All right. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it, got it. Okay.
1: So wow. he he's t- tells that story, which I thought was um, fascinating as well. So there's, there's a bunch of that that he gets into i think people will
2: find quinn's yeah. another one wait like you talk about penn state weight wise 74 to 97 160 is a junior in high school 71 is a senior in high school 74 then he won his title at 84 once last time 97
0: yeah
1: you know what um the crazy thing he talks about when because remember he was sunderland era initially right yes yeah. And he, mm-hmm. Mark Perry was his coach, and that was his guy. And he talks about how he and Molinaro were, like, the only two that really bought into Perry's system. He's like, everyone else – he said everyone else was lazy, and then Bubba Jenkins would just do his own thing. Um, mm-hmm. And and then he talks about how the Kale thing came to be. And he's like, Parrot, Mark Perry's like, you'll never believe who they're looking at, Kale Sanderson. And he says and, – and so – Mark basically knew the writing on the wall apparently was <laughs> he would not be around after that. He's like, y'all better get <laughs> – ha, have your fun now because once he goes, there's not going to be any party and not going to be any of this, not going to be any of that. And Quentin's like, and that was true. He's like, but we had fun in a different way. But then he talks about how – Wait, Quentin was a
0: partier prior to that? Because that doesn't – Quentin does not strike me as no a party way. dude.
1: No way. I don't think so. Uh, but I think maybe he was speaking on behalf of
0: – I don't know if he was. The team or what?
1: Yeah, I think maybe he speaking on behalf of the
0: so, is kale as hardcore as Pat Pop?
1: I
2: don't no, know. No. There's 0% chance. There's the, documented people that drink. And weren't kicked off party. the team.
1: Yeah. Hmm. One of them won okay. three titles. Fair
2: enough. Um, right?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about that one in the film.
0: Oh, um, good one. Thanks. So,
1: yeah, probably not. Um, Definitely not. But i think it, he is um he's very serious about it so yeah. but no what i was going to say we kind of talk in, in the film i guess it's episode one like how there was no rumor mill about kale to penn state it was just boom P- kale's the coach and another thing that didn't make the film that w- but we talked about or at least i talked about it, was like it was going to be rob cole right and i'd never seen that
0: written penn state yeah Ooh, I don't remember that. That's so long and ago. And
1: wow. then Quentin talks about that but that was like uh that wasn't like published or anything. That was just kind of the thing. Like Rob was yeah. going to be the, the next head coach, and then Kale entered the fold,
0: and then it was Kale, right? Oh, because Rob actually grew up in state college too, didn't he? His dad was the coach. Oh yeah, his dad was the coach. Wow. So
1: right? Sweet old Bill was the was the coach. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yes. Wow. Yes. So which, what makes it... There's a couple of things that are interesting. One, 2011, it was Cornell versus Penn State for the title. Mm-hmm. Quentin says that, um, you know, we shouldn't have won that year. He's like... He said something about Andrew Long, and then he said something like, Col- Cornell should have won that year. They kind of... He basically says they... He didn't say they choked, but something like similar, like they underperformed, and we wrestled, we wrestled great. He said it in a very
2: Quinton Wright nice way.
1: Yeah, very, very nice <laughs> jokes. But what was the most interesting part about the Kale coming to Penn State thing? He's like, they flew, they flew him in at night, but after everyone was, no one was on campus. He did the campus tour, interview, and he flew out before the morning, just to keep it really, yes, to keep everything wow. like off the grid. To prevent the rumor? Because, you know, if you think about for, for Kale, if it had got out, dude, Kale Sanderson's looking at, at Penn State, and he doesn't go there, and he's still at Iowa State, it, that would have been a That'd thing. Be weird. Right? Yeah. It would be a real thing yeah. right now. I don't even know if you could do that right now. Like right now, if if let's say everything got pushed back to 2020, and Kale wanted to do this, I don't think there's any way it wouldn't have got out that, that Kale – but if anyone could have kept it under this is- the radar, it's probably him.
0: Yeah. Two thousand nine. Yeah, it would be hard to keep on the radar, man. That would his be really first, hard.
1: His first it would have been two thousand nine.
2: Social media.
1: Yeah, but Twitter different was level. barely not, a thing.
2: You know not really YouTube, a thing.
1: YouTube's yeah. in its infancy, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. So it's it's all it's a message board sport at that point, And now it's, you know, something completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So that I thought that was oh. interesting. I mean, a very candid uh Quentin Wright. And he goes on to talk about like There's the fundamentals of wrestling, and then there's Kale's fundamentals. Mm -hmm. And if you can learn Kale's fundamentals, and he wouldn't tell us what those were, but if you can learn Kale's fundamentals, you can be a
2: champion. Okay. I'm going to be a Ben What are the Kale's? He wouldn't tell us. He wouldn't tell us. He wouldn't tell us. But Ben, hold on. I want to push back on this. (laughs) We need to hide a secret camera in their room already.
1: (laughs) I was there last week.
2: I want to push back on this because if you ask... A lot of guys, the the highest level guys, right? A lot of them will say, "I bought into my coach. I fully believed in what they were saying." Mm-hmm. So I don't necessarily, and I don't know. Maybe Penn State guys get mad at me. I don't necessarily know that it's Kale fundamentals. I'm not trying to downgrade the Kale. I mean, he's one eight nine, right? This this it's not a debate, but. I think, it is, I think one of the Kale fundamentals is just buy-in. Like, I think he gets his highest-level guys oh, yeah. to buy-in at a greater rate than anyone else. I think that is the difference as opposed to the, the Kale fundamentals, yeah. which I'm sure are also great, and I'm sure Kale is also tremendous as a coach. That is inarguable. However, I don't necessarily fully buy that it's, like, so radically different as opposed to just he is better mm. at getting them to believe what his what his thing is, and that's why they have – Three guys who are multiple-time national champs, as opposed to one guy who's a multiple-time national champ. Man, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I think yeah, I, you I, know what I mean I, I, I know disagree. what you mean, but I don't.
1: I don't agree. There is something.
0: Well, I think it's both. So I think I think no man. They right do buy in. In, in yeah. the fact that they do buy in more frequently, um, but I, I think it's probably a, co- a compounding thing. Like you have this good thing and this good thing, and the two good things together make a really really good thing, right? Sure. I mean, I, from a technical standpoint. Um, there's no one who there's not a team that you would say wrestles through positions just across the board as well as they do. Um, and if you want to call it scrambling fine, but this their comfort level with um, awkward positions is on another level compared to most teams. And this is, you know, talk through Mark Hall all the way back to Quentin Wright, right. Over over the course of their, their existence. That's kind of, kind of the case. I mean, though, the one thing that makes me a little bit say from a technical standpoint, you're right. Is like, I always like, I'm mind blown sometimes by how bad their backups are like that. That one kind of like, uh, makes me think like <laughs> they, they get guys, yesterday. they get guys to levels, uh, that we've almost never seen before on a more regular basis. And then they got backups who are freaking terrible. Like, well, I guess maybe they just spend their time with 10 or 11 guys. I, I don't, I don't know. Okay, but like, ben, like that,
2: that one perplexes me. I hear you. And there are some programs that like. Like, Lehigh has very little drop-off from, like, first through third. Like, that's really incredible. Oklahoma State seems to be able to slot in backups pretty well. I understand what you're saying there. However, generally speaking, in most sports, when you lose an All-American, the replacement is not an All-American. And I know that you're not talking about an All-American replacing an All-American. But still. I'm just saying
0: a guy who could get in there and win some matches. I mean, like. Think about some of the guys they've slotted in as as, as backups, or when there's a serious injury as a long time starter, they're like really bad. They're not like average. I'm not saying all American. They're not average. They're not NCAA. They're like bad, like really bad. Ben, I could give you
1: a lot. They've had a ton of really good backups. Yeah,
2: like I. They got a lot of
0: really bad ones too.
1: Yeah, I
2: but mean that's but that's just sports and wrestling, man. Like okay. that's just
1: hard to. Perez Perez started a lot for of matches for, for <laughs> Iowa, okay? Uh-huh. It ha- Listen, after Metcalf, 149 was a wasteland until, like, Sorensen, I think, right? Like, I mean, it happens. Um, it's happening. O- sure. So, I mean, you think just some of the the backups they've had. You know, Nick Nevels was on the bench. They've had... Uh, Kassar was on the bench a lot. Yeah, Shakur sure. She was on the bench. Gino Morelli, James English was third string. Zach Bites, Volrath, yeah. Volrath who beat Daringer, never started. Uh, Jordan Conaway didn't start every year. So, yeah. and there's a bunch I'm I'm forgetting as well. So I don't I don't know, man. They've had some really really good backups, but you're I mean, they have they have thrown some guys out there. You're like, oh man. So <laughs> I, I,
0: yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just found this dude in, in philosophy class. Like, he hasn't been in the wrestling room.
2: Yeah, well. but well, I do definitely think the the, the thing that has – because, like, so, Kale recruits very well, right, unquestionably. Yeah. A lot of coaches also recruit very well. But if you look at, you know, the, the rate of bust versus success for, call it, top 15, top 20 guys, Penn State obviously does that at a higher rate. I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with with the buy-in and and the trust that that Kale develops with these kids which is clearly incredible. Um and so I think what 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 impresses me about Kale and the the, the coaching staff there is they have had high level guys that haven't done well or they have had high level guys that haven't mm-hmm. reached their potential but they still win in spite of that because they have these other guys who either get to that level yeah. or, or exceed and I think that's why the the, yeah. the buy-in that they get is fascinating yeah Brandon Scannel,
1: scan man so
0: I so want to know what the I so want to know what the Christian. Chris I'm so mad at you that you weren't like you know when they start talking about the kale fundamentals you should you should like strap this man down and like did some uh, okay, well, water, I, water drip this, torture or something this like up. that. To,
1: oh, I, a, hold on. Back up significantly. I didn't do this interview. with Mark Bader. So take it up with Mark Bader. You <laughs> should have tortured him. They asked, okay, two, <laughs> in what scenario does Mark Bader, myself, or a combination of us end up in a position where we can even torture Quentin Wright, who is larger. Okay,
0: I got in- this. I got this. I got this. Ready? So you remember the movie Ace Ventura when he sneaks up behind the guy and he puts like the the stuff over his nose, and the guy passes out. Okay, you go to state college, you do that. Boom, over the mouth. Quentin Wright passes out. You tie it. Boom, you tie his arms to the chair, and then and then you torture him till he gives us the kale fundamentals. Wow. You know what? what do you we'll think? just leave that one to you. <laughs> is that legal?
1: Uh, no, at no point is any of that legal. <laughs> even if you're in pursuit of the truth. So I was going to read something um, in from the yeah. Facebook comments. Uh, brandon scale said I "Had a former psu wrestler tell me this march that said you leave one kale sanderson practice and you realize everything i thought i knew about wrestling before this was backwards yes mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting i love it i love it so every so we need to start working backwards
2: reverse engineer i love reverse engineering reverse I'm all, engineer I'm all that
1: what i think i know about wrestling
2: i mean and to then, ben's point about the the technical stuff though One thing that's really fun is going to, like, Scuffle and just watching them use Scuffle as, like, a lab. Right? Just Mm -hmm. the way, like, Nolf will be doing. They're like, what the hell is Nolf doing? He's just trying. He's just trying stuff. Right? Or Mark will be like, "Eh, what if I I go this way with the arm? They're just trying stuff in live matches, which I don't know that other people are doing. Now, obviously, you have to be a certain level to be comfortable enough to try stuff, but... I know that a lot of people are doing that in live matches. Yeah, I agree. To the same degree they are. All right. But,
0: and that, and that, that's a coaching staff saying, hey, listen, bro, we don't care if you make a mistake, just go try some stuff. I mean, and that's a mentality and that's a way of life that's really beneficial to having long-term success, although you might fail a little more in the interim. That is hugely beneficial to, to long-term. I mean, like that's one of the most dangerous things. If we go back to youth wrestling, like one of the things I'll just – if I hear parents say it, um i will take the parent aside and say hey man like stop talking like that. that that's gonna be really harmful over the long term is is don't make any mistakes right like yeah. or be careful like i don't want the kids to be careful i don't want them not mistakes i want them to go out there and be a freaking savage that's what i want <laughs> uh, just tell them that slap them and say go be a savage right that and listen if we do that long enough we're gonna be freaking savages there you go yes
2: drop them the in the a- Amazon, w- with a spear, when they're seven, and come back when they're ten. Yeah, yeah. Put your money where your mouth is, Ben. You really want to? Yes, take yes, to the next
0: level. They're not know the wrestling boost. There's no man, and some of them might die. So I might be held liable. It's not good. You can oh, teach man. wrestling. You can't. You can't. Maybe
1: you can't teach Savage.
0: Yeah, but yeah, the whole uh, the whole don't make mistakes or that that philosophy. Ooh, thumbs down. I mean, may, maybe at the NCAA tournament. But, you know, again, you get guys thinking that way, they're stuck with that. It's stuck in their head. They can't get, they can't get out of their own body and they're so worried about making mistakes that they can't function at a high level because they're worried about making mistakes. So some parents brainwash their kids with that or that they have to do a move perfect, like stop brainwashing kids with that. that is very harmful to their long-term development. Yeah.
2: I had a great conversation about that at uh, the second Tulsa camp that I went to uh, with, with Coach Cordero And you know one of the one of the dads there talking about one of his kids right Vin, Vinny kilkeary this kid who just throws the kitchen sink at everybody he's like he tried to score takedown score back points and get a pin all in one move and so when he was a kid right he'd let some matches go cuz he'd be up four and he would b- still be wrestling with 10 seconds left and he'd try some crazy stuff and he'd and he'd lose and you know there was always like back and forth between between all of the, the coaches and, and and everybody go we you know, we got to clean him up and it's like hey just let him do his thing because when he's when he's uh, an adult and when he's in high school and college and he's fearless like that, it's going to be yes. great. And that kid won a state title this year because of that.
0: Yeah. Vace I mean, O'Keefe you guys would awesome. say,
2: you guys both know
0: wrestling, right? Probably how high, if you if you could say, you know, and, and maybe obviously this is, I'm kind of putting you on the spot and you should take a little more about this. But if you could say, I could tell you, you have a, you can have a kid who's just completely and utterly fearless. Like how high are you going to put that on your characteristics chart of the kid? Because for me, that, that's really high. I want a kid who is completely and utterly fearless when he steps on the mat. Yeah,
1: I it's you would put it really high, really high. So I, I you just see, I just see, because how much of of coaching conversation comes down to putting that belief in that you have what yeah. it takes. Right? And that's yeah. that's a lot of it. Yeah. That fearlessness is is also belief, right? This will work. Yes. I think yeah, this will yeah, work. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. And you spend a lot of time just like unpacking that, getting them to a point where it's like, hey, man, if you go, it's going to be fine. And even if it doesn't work, it's going to be fine too, right? Yeah. So I think um, that's why you you, uh, you should always say one, not two when the guy is on top. It's just great, great for the mindset.
2: I would put it second. Wow. (laughs) Okay. All right. I
0: I don't know why I thought you said you. I don't know why I thought nobody was responding to the one not two comment.
2: Um,
0: No, I put it second. I think
2: I would say love of the sport because I just that's going and and I I think it's probably because I spend so much time like looking at recruiting things, right? Yeah. And I just watch kids, and I go, that kid just loves it so much. And yeah. I don't know what his ceiling is, but his floor is much higher because he wants to be good. He wants to be in the practice room. He yeah. enjoys the sport. He just, he he gets done and he just stays and watches not because, you know, maybe he should be doing other things. But he just he just loves wrestling. He's like, oh, that's cool. There's more wrestling here. I want to watch it. You, you know what? Great kill kids
0: love the sport, Nomad. Hmm. Uh, any number of things. <laughs> No, being being worried about being perfect like that. Oh that yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Is so mentally harmful, or being worried about losing matches, like not being fearless, being fearful of making mistakes, being fearful of losing matches, being fearful of mm-hmm. you know uh, retribution from coaches or parents because of losses. Right? That that I mean that in itself that'll eat kids up in in their head.
2: Yeah, I mean that they're intertwined, right? Like, but yes, absolutely. I think, I guess, I w- if we were saying chicken and egg. I think love of yeah. the sport helps fearlessness. Sure. Yep. I don't think there's and much advice you do worth, advice fearlessly that you probably don't love, right? Anything yeah. you, you can do it with yeah. like
1: real freedom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Freedom. We need a Holistic freedom, conversation maybe. today, gentlemen. Wow. Deep. It's a, it's a real tear Wow. Dripper. Okay. Um. Do you want to go? Do we want to go? We can go I'm, a couple. I'm different pumped ways. to watch
0: F three. I'm pumped to watch episode three
1: tonight. Yeah, man. You should be. It's gonna be a good one. You actually watch it. Or yeah, if you watch it. We'll see if you watch I will I
0: once I get home for PAX, I'll get home for PAX about nine twenty. I will take a shower, eat some food, and I will turn on episode three. Okay. You could even eat while you watch it if you want, just a, just a quick uh it's possible. Yeah, I don't usually like watching uh on my laptop at the counter, but you know, uh maybe. We'll see. Okay.
1: I was thinking, you know, throw it on the your
0: your Apple T V or something. I don't have an Apple TV. I, have, I got a junkie TV and it's got these lines running through it because freaking Ozzy hit it with a tennis racket. <laughs> what a dummy. Ben! <laughs> a tennis racket? Ben, get a TV. Yes. I don't know where the man found a tennis racket and then his idiot Taylor yeah, goes into rac- my barn. <laughs> he goes into my barn and turns the lights on in on the mower. My mower's dead like three times a week because the freaking dork goes on the mower and starts pushing all these buttons. Golly. Man. Problems of problems a two year old.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, get get a get a nice Apple TV. They're like seventy dollars, Ben.
0: Really? Are they legit? Seventy dollars?
1: I don't. I think I made that up, but I think it's also. It's Apple. like
2: one sixty seventh of a Bitcoin.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: they're
2: one hundred fifty dollars. No, so I made that up. But Apple there's... TVs one hundred
0: fifty bucks for real? Because my wife has been complaining, and I'm like, listen, I don't ever watch that TV, so I don't care. Like, why do we need a TV? Let's spend our money on something we actually care about or something we actually enjoy.
1: Well, it would be. It would probably improve your viewing experiences of watching live wrestling. Do you yeah. watch all live wrestling on a laptop? Most people watch watch yeah, all, pretty on the much. App. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you should get the. You should <laughs> really get it. Wow, that's surprising for how much you watch. It'd be a kind of. What
0: kind of on my fo- I watch a lot on my phone because you know, like I'm uh, oh, yeah. say I'm at a tournament and I have a little break. I'll flip on a match or two. Right? I'm at practice. There's a mm-hmm. thirty minute break before the next practice. I'll flip on a couple matches. Stuff like that. Hey, remember that Vietnamese person kept putting up all the Big Ten matches? Hun
1: Nouveau or whatever? Yeah. It was ACC stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. He probably got shut down.
2: Good. (laughs) Don't pirate matches,
1: kids. Stop being pirates. You just steal from people. Wait.
2: That doesn't help the sport in any way.
1: Yeah.
0: Someone told me that an Apple TV is not actually a TV. No, I I need a new TV, Christian. Yeah, I know you yeah, can is, get the they sell those is, too. Is, Apple TV, is it like this? Is this like a, an no. Apple TV? It's like, like a box.
1: Thing? It's like a Okay, well what was little, it? This I can't thing upstairs
0: doesn't know what Apple this TV, this TV is. Thing. This thing upstairs, Christian, right here. This thing. Ozzie hit one of these with a tennis racket and now has lines <laughs> running vertically on it because Ozzy hit it with the tennis
2: racket.
1: Yeah, I know what TVs look like. <laughs> was it was <laughs> it was he practicing yeah. his
2: forehand or was he like bashing it? I wasn't there, but he really likes bashing
0: things, so I'm probably guessing that was it. He loves hammering things and hitting things. He's very destructive. So you don't have any idea me, where he got that from. Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine. That
2: Neanderthal Ben Askren who who brags about his <laughs> Neanderthal blood. Yeah. May have a Neanderthalic child.
0: Yeah, he, he loves hammering things. It's so funny. So listen, he is obsessed with my, my full size chainsaw and he always goes and tries to start it, but obviously he's not strong enough and doesn't know how to do it. So i bought him this chainsaw and he sleeps with it now it's oh it's hilarious oh my gosh that's cute
1: (laughs) yeah aj greaves in the facebook chat says 250 for a good tv
0: i think you could swing it well apparently i yeah i I guess i don't know i i thought they were like a couple thousand bucks and i'm like dude that's a waste of money i don't need it it's just got a couple lines in it it's fine i know all right all right
1: yeah you could get a really nice tv for not
0: that much anymore I'll go to BestBuy.com because there's one like 50, uh, 500 feet away from my house. You look Oh wow! You live that near Best Buy?
1: Yeah, I, I, I picture you more out in the in the country.
0: Well, I have, it's fantastic. I have 11 acres, but it is very. I mean, we are literally half a mile from Home Depot, half a mile from Best Buy, Targets a mile away. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh wow! Ask great acres. That's you, yep. you gotta love it. Okay,
1: let's go to questions. I think. Cues from F's. All right.
0: I gotta pee really bad. I don't
1: know if I'm gonna make it till. Come year. on, we'll see. Do it for, uh, what's the coach? Wait, wait, Boffman. Yeah, Coach Boffman. Do it for Coach Boffman. <laughs> he's yeah, he's not peed. All right, how many packs a day do you think Mus- Musakaev smokes a day? From Chris Foley, seven. Do you think Musakaev smokes?
0: Man, is smoking a popular thing in Russia? I think it is, isn't it? Has to be. How could it not be?
2: <laughs> how could it not be?
1: It's got to be just, like, the coolest thing.
2: I heard mm. a possibly apocryphal story about Sergey Small. And I think it was Kendall that lost to him at the Olympics or Worlds or something. I guess it was Olympics. And I guess he would like, you know, really dedicate himself and, you know, was like, oh, I'm not going to, like, smoke or drink. And then Sergey beat him and went back in the locker room and lit up a cigarette and was like, you want one?
1: Oh, my god! That would be awesome. devastating. You know, um what was i thinking um i can't remember now never mind oh yeah yeah i know have, like um, have you ever
0: smoked a cigarette christian piles have no absolutely not okay. um Idiot. have you Nomad. i guarantee no i have not Nomad has yeah he's guilty i can tell
2: <laughs> yes. not denying it <laughs> talk <laughs> you smoked
1: nomad no i've never kicking you off the nc state team i've never i've never had a, a tobacco I have never – I will say this. Oh, boy. I don't <laughs> – I have never injected heroin. <laughs> I, I have never
2: injected heroin. I will never inject heroin. Um, I can't That's fathom the, the addictiveness of nicotine because I, when I was, like, 18, mm-hmm. I had a friend that smoked, and so I just smoked because I was hanging around and it was just like, meh. Like, they could just stop at any time. So I don't quite know how people get addicted. Well, some people. It it really, like... People's bodies are different. I know. That's what I'm saying. So I, like, I I can't fathom what it does to their bodies to make them do it because I never got that addictive sensation.
1: I don't know what um, upbringing upbringing or what about my upbringing made it so that I just have never even considered or... Felt tempted to have a cigarette, but I would like to replicate that with my children and just with substances in general. So I, I think uh, a large portion of it is, is, is my my parents, but also yeah. I was watching I was watching Angels in the Outfield with my son Caleb, and the one Tony the, the character that Tony Danza plays, they reveal the angel reveals that he's going to die. The next year, this is gonna be his last game. He tells the kid that sees the Angels, like, he's gonna die next year cause he's been smoking. Whoa. So now I saw that, I was like, I wonder if that's why. Cause I love that movie. <laughs> it came out when I was like nine. Did I watch that? I was like, I'm not smoking. And because when I was Ever. nine, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. Didn't happen. Huh?
2: You want to be Cal Ripken. I
1: would be Cal Ripken. Well, see, I was realistic about it. I knew I wasn't good enough to play shortstop, so I was like, I'll play second base, right? (laughs) So I was making those concessions. Anyways, so I've always wondered, like, why have I just never even, like, thought about cigarettes are so
0: gross, Christian. They do smell
1: terrible, but, um, you know, and now as I've gotten older, I'm like, geez, I'm so glad I never did because, you know, I know a lot of really strong people that can't quit smoking. They can't stop, even though they really, really, really want to. So it's like, man. Yeah. Never gonna do that, so you didn't think this was gonna turn never into to do that again. This is never gonna, you didn't think
2: this would be a dare, talk. a dare episode, but <laughs> that uh, brings me to my next point. Bro. All right, don't the only me. thing I've knowingly
0: ever ingested that is uh, uh was not it, it wasn't illegal. I i lost a bet that said this before. If I told this, to stop me and we'll move on.
1: Well, I know you ate an a- edible accidentally.
0: No, that was so that was accidental knowingly. I bet someone a- a- on a disc golf hole, uh um, and i thought i was 100 percent to win that i would take a dip in tobacco um that person actually is uh i believe they're a college yeah they are college college coach there's a couple college wrestling coaches in that group of disc golfers and uh, and, uh that were there and um i lost i couldn't believe it dude i took a dip in tobacco that was like dude i i literally were you spinning i played one more I played one more hole, I laid down the concrete, and my head spun for, like, two hours, and then I got up and I went home. It was the worst thing. My disc golf was ruined. I, I, played, I really played one more hole, I just laid down. <laughs> They've been so cracking long. up. I said, I'm done. Guys, go. They left me. It was fine. In two hours, I felt better, and I, I went home. It was it was so awful. I would never, ever do it again.
2: I've oh oh never gosh. done that. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible.
1: Dipping dip stuff. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. So dumb. Uh, Crab Ride 1, would Etchemindia be a good replacement for Pletcher? He would be, but he won't be the replacement for, for actually the replacement yeah. for Ashnault. Um,
2: wait, yeah, oh,
1: the lineup. Or, oh okay, okay, that's how I read it. Well, I don't know. I read yeah. it as ambiguous. the match. Yeah. He won't be the, he won't wrestle Luke Pletcher, but, uh, will he be a good replacement? I think so. I think he's
2: going to do awesome. Now, will he be the one seed? I don't know. Yeah. But, no. I think it's a many will be very good. Yeah. How about, oh, Yanni interview. Have you
1: listened to this yet, Ben? Probably not. Um, you're at the town hall meetings. But he he's basically like, yeah, I think I know what weight I'm going, but I can't say. And it'll depend on a couple things. And I learned Josh Saunders. Sounds like he's wrestling this year. Did you know that? You know that? that I said weird. that from Jump Street. No, that was not well, known from Saunders Jump Street. Saunders
0: is 41
2: then. Thing. Or, well, well, he, could it be 33? No. He's Hold either 41 up. or 33. Well, then Yanni's going 49 because Josh Saunders is not going 49. Hold on. I, I, maybe it wasn't known, but if you look at all of my Cornell article, anytime I've talked about Cornell, I've said Josh Saunders would be the starter. It would be Saunders or Yanni, 41, 49 in some order. And I said Saunders will be 41, Yanni will be 49. That was my prediction yeah. in like March.
0: Good guess.
2: Yep, there it is. Okay, so Saunders, that would be interesting. You have Vito at thirty three, though he will not be. uh, He's going to go twenty five. Yes, well that (laughs) that was became apparent at the Oklahoma camp, and I was like, oh, you're like one hundred and twenty seven pounds right now. Yeah, Vito's just he's just skinny.
1: He's just skinny. He just never. I think we think he's bigger because he wanted to go thirty three because he wanted to cut like zero weight. Right, like, no, you will have to cut some weight. So you have to cut some. (laughs) I mean, Vogar was a 48-kilo guy. Yeah, but (laughs) Vito is rangy. He's tall. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be 41 or 49, depending. To me, it sounds like 49. Uh, Not necessarily just based on the interview, but if it's Saunders,
2: yeah, they're going to be good. The other thing I didn't know when I did that lineup look is that Greg D would be gray-shirting. Mm-hmm. Which now with Greg D Gray shirting it makes more sense with Greg Shirting. <laughs> Greg Shirting. He's gonna be a Greg Shirt freshman. It makes more sense with, with Vito staying uh down.
1: And LaJoy was cutting a lot, evidently. So it'll be he'll welcome hundred and thirty three pounds. How about Chaz Tucker has another year and is like, nah, we could win a chip at Cornell and he's like no nah, but no, I no, want no coach. he can't re- we talked can't, about this. He can't yeah, wrestle he can't with Oh Cornell. that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, no, no hold court. on. He could. No he can't.
2: He can't. He can't. I,
0: I was
1: talking to someone that definitely knows and they're all like right. he could have done something Isn't it with this. Is cool? No, but basically. Um Bill he could have done something with a um with his academics and shifted it around so he'd done something in the spring of next year or something. There's a way he could have wrestled for Cornell next year. That's Look, all I will say.
2: I think I think it's insane. When fans are like, oh, yeah, just gray shirt, red shirt, Olympic red shirt, be in college for seven years. Some kids don't want to be in college for six, seven years.
1: Yeah, that's absurd. Well, okay. And
2: compete. and.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he's just ready to be done. Yeah. But banned. Imagine yeah. if they – imagine sub out uh,
2: Chaz for LaJoy. I hear, I hear you. And look, yeah, Chaz would definitely help the team, but that dude's going to make a boatload of money. That dude's brilliant. Well, he I think he's, he's looking for a coaching job. I'm saying so... – don't worry. He gonna be, he'll make his money.
0: I think he wants to go grad school and be paid to do that. Yeah, so he wants to continue to go to to school, be a student.
1: So, anyway, he would have helped their team a lot. Uh, Okay, we were doing questions at some point. Um, Next one. Anything on NCAA athletes attempting to get their year back? Is Caleb waiting for COVID to blow over to take legal action? Um, Caleb is assembling his legal
2: team. I haven't heard anything other than... I heard one team filed a lawsuit. Oh, which team? A uh, team with a potential four-timer.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, they Cornell. all are. Anyone with a freshman has a potential four-timer. But I'll say Cornell. Uh, no. Oh, Spencer the Condenser. Okay. That's awesome. Wow. Dang. Dude.
2: Thanks for sharing. I have no idea how effective it is. But, look, I mean, look, if you're... I don't think they're going to get it back. Oh
1: yeah, Yanni didn't even
2: lose a year. But lucky Yanni. if I'm Tom Brands, I'm absolutely t- taking every possible action to try to get Spencer a year back.
1: Yes, definitely.
2: <laughs> Whether how likely it is or not, you make that you make that effort.
1: Caleb, dead serious. We we're watching We Are episode three, and like I was <laughs> normally he gets kind of this squirrely look on his face, like he knows he's being sort of ridiculous, and he's like. Could I Facetime the person that decided we can't that they don't get another year? It was like Vincenzo was talking and he, you know, thinking about that him not wrestling. And he's like, could I Facetime with the person? Like he wants to like have a, a stern conversation with this person. So he's 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 considered legal means now. He just wants a, a sit down with the person. He's he's fired up about it. Um, this is a good one from Sam Herring. Who are some wrestlers that you think are crucial? Oh, crucial! Geez, this is kind of for young athletes to watch. That they might not be as exposed to his current competitors me for example so yeah sam wants to know who he should watch uh, a lot of so we're talking about old, older guys then obviously older he yeah i uh he texted me about this and i was like well what kind of age what have you watched he's like basically 12 on i feel like i've watched a lot
0: of the stuff so maybe 12 prior right? well it's, it's 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 hard to find a lot of video on those type of people yeah that's probably i think there's a
1: decent chunk of like oh seven to eleven that's on flow that you could find someone who's has a lot of matches that you could watch that i was one of my favorite wrestlers was mac lunas i thought he was really mm. fun to watch and he was good at a lot of different things so you could watch a lot of mac lunas and find a lot of different techniques and things
2: he was really good at yeah. that's the homie
0: um, i mean I don't want to be mean uh, or say, but there's, there's very few wrestlers. And I'll say John Smith is one that, that transcend time because wrestling as a sport evolves. Right. And so a lot of even the better guys, what they were doing in 2005 isn't really highly relevant today. It's just not right. Um, Say like a down block go, go behind in its current incarnation. Wasn't a thing 10 years ago. And so it's like, if you're watching do a regular down block to a headlock and then try to go behind like that, to me, that's ancient technique. Like that didn't really exist till five years ago. And there's a whole bunch of those things. I mean, scrambling it has evolved so much in the, in the last decade. If you're watching, you know, I think some of the things that I was doing maybe carry over time, but a lot of things I was doing probably aren't all that useful, or maybe they're like a starting point. And then what guys are doing today is a lot more relevant to wrestling today.
1: Yeah. Um, so who is, well, how about we just give him entertaining guys to watch? Um, John Smith. Yeah. Well, that kind of plays into okay.
2: another question that we were asked.
1: Well, hold on. We have a special correspondent that wanted to ask if they if he should watch film. I don't know if we can pull that up real quick here. Here's an answer for oh, yeah. for Sam Herring. Go ahead. <laughs> Do you watch a lot of film? Do you watch a lot of wrestling outside of your own matches? No, bro. No. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Why doesn't someone, can someone make a meme of that and, and, you know, put the big bold letters that says, nah, bro, and it's him shaking his head? Can you do that for me? Cause I would so use that on Twitter.
2: I have the nah, bro on my, on my nah, desktop, bro. just waiting for someone to say something I disagree with vehemently on Twitter. Can you
0: send it to me so I can use it also, Nomad? No. <laughs> you yeah, gotta make know. it yourself, Come on, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. Nah, yeah. bro. Uh,
1: we will we'll provide
2: for you. Bro. That is,
0: that is, that is so rude. Hey, he's rude.
2: hey, look, when when you did something that was really cool and somebody asked you, did you just do it for them or did you show them the way to do it? Wow. Ben, ah, was, ben wants to do ah, Give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, feed him forever. Teach a man to fish, you just lost a client. Darn. A man knows where to get fish. All right, FRL listener, this is
1: interesting. Any idea when Richard Figueroa will commit? Well, he committed on this show
2: not so long man, ago. Man, but- don't worry about it. Oh wow! Are you, oh, we're Don't not oh, to don't, don't stress what I'm wearing. Remember that tweet? I don't, yeah, but I don't, no, I don't. I, mean, I don't, I don't do get it. I don't get it, it. It ain't. It's. It. I don't think it's gonna happen soon. If he changes his commitment. Well,
1: that would be the answer to his question.
2: So don't tell him, Don't soon. worry
1: about it. Uh, pick one. Would you rather NCA's be in Boston or Milwaukee? Well, I know Ben's answer. Uh, but I think Milwaukee. it's probably my answer. Boston's all tight and i've never been to boston so i would like yes, to go to it's boston really tight it's tight it's like new york tight but even angrier people where would it be
0: what would it be at the bucks <laughs> arena you has well, we just got a new arena the bucks got a new arena last year how close is years. that to a
2: series of breweries all right it's Milwaukee.
0: um it, it's yeah it's pretty well downtown i mean i would say there would be I, I would venture to guess that there's enough capacity within walking distance where people would not have to drive to restaurants and hotels. I Milwaukee. I can't say it 100% certain, but I think so.
1: Well, I'm certain that's that's also true in Boston. Um if that's yeah. if that's your main criteria, no matter. Well, no well, no, he was oh. he was just
0: asking. So. yeah Yeah, yeah. I mean It is important to be able to drive. Remember one of the Philly and it was like in the and there was like nothing around it. That was that was ridiculous. Have I'm... I
1: told the story about where we stayed that year in Philadelphia on radio before? Like
0: was, it a red roof was it a red roof? Was it a red roof? Chris, listen. This was a, pretty
1: close, so you were a fan. A red roof, inn would have been uh, the Hilton compared <laughs> to this place. All right, this place was so. So we wanted to stay. So we had gone to St. Louis, NC. It was great. You could kind of walk. You didn't need a car for anything. You could either take the train or walk around, and it was no problem. So we wanted to be at a place where we wouldn't have to drive around Philly a bunch. And as you mentioned, Ben, there's nothing near. This place, but we found a hotel yeah. that was like a mile away, but like no problem, we can walk it, and it happened to be fi- <laughs> happened to be highly inexpensive as well, which is very great news. So me and my brother and uh, a wrestler, you know, we go and it is, it is it is it is not the worst hotel I've stayed in, but it is it oh, is. Oh wait, you're not a float,
0: you're not float at this point. No, it's 2011. This is this by yourself.
1: Yeah, we're, we're with my brother and. An athlete yeah uh,
0: yeah yeah yes
1: okay. so i'm just on my own and yeah we're if this place was so terrible they ran out of towels they did not have towels for us right they did not have blankets i swear we're at there we're like we're not <laughs> no, we're not i called down i asked for a towel like, hey we don't have any towels well, okay we'll bring one up hour later no one's come i call again the guy comes to my room this is all we got he gave me a bath mat
0: <laughs> he gave me a bath mat okay so this place was all wait christian was there other wrestling fans staying here with you, or was it just crackheads? Dude, it was not just crackheads. There were a lot of wrestlers there. This was—I
1: was on an elevator. Of course, Joe Russell doesn't know who I am at this point, but I was like, I was on an elevator with Joe Russell. So either he was staying there, or some Minnesota people were staying there at the time. This was when he was at Minnesota. I was like, oh my gosh, they're staying here. Jeez. Um, but here's wow. how you know this place is so terrible. Hotel okay. thing didn't do it for you. There's a, there's an additional thing. Well, I, I you know I can't paint a picture, but so well. But if you watch, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, Max dad is a uh, felon who just gets out of prison. Okay, <laughs> and he's staying in a hotel, and the B roll establishing shot. I swear was a video a picture of this hotel we were staying at. <laughs> <laughs> and it because it had a very very unique shape and it's the exact kind oh of place you would stay at. So anyway, we were wa- we would walk to and from the arena every every night. And one time we were walking wow. past and we were going by like a restaurant and we walked by and this dude is just stabbing these tires of a car and he looked at person. person. No. Thankfully um, but it's very symbolic. He stabbed holes in these tires, and they look up and they see like my brother and, and the wrestler. And he looks up and he, like, I don't know if he biked away or did something, He just got, ran away. And they go in and they're like, "Hey, uh, someone just stabbed your tires completely." <clears throat> this place. So that's like kind of the wow. area where it was not, it was not a nice place. But um, anyway, murder hotel in Cleveland was kind of murder hotel in Cleveland was worse than this place for different reasons. Um, yeah,
0: I remember seeing you guys. I, I, I don't remember. I think we were staying down the street from the murder hotel in Cleveland. I think that's what it was when you guys were at that. It was the biker hotel. That was Cleveland, correct? The biker hotel was Akron.
1: Um, oh, no. The no, murder I remember seeing hotel. You guys there.
0: I and shaking my head like, what are they uh, doing? At that hotel, <laughs> Shirley Flo can afford one that's like $10 a night more. Something.
2: <laughs> I had to walk home to the murder hotel, too, the last night. Yeah, dude. That was a rough go. Only the strong survive. <laughs> that was a rough go. No.
1: Okay, one oh. of my
2: favorite things for NCAA's <laughs> is we have to leave at like four thirty, like the last, like the last day to go home, and coming home at like four, and I'm getting in, and Bracky and CP are waking up. That happened this year. That was fun. Yeah, class. Last year. Yeah, All it, it, it didn't
0: happen this year, no man. Yeah.
2: Twenty nineteen.
1: Uh, Any other high school wrestlers besides Colot ever place at Midlands? Jason Welch did, I believe. Mm -hmm. Welch did, yeah. I I don't know of many others. It's an exclusive list. Um,
2: How you put out
1: a trailer for Metcalf in May only to release an entire Penn State anthology before it and two months after it? That's a good um, question. Building
2: anticipation. Jay
1: God, Listen. Remember? Do you remember the anticipation for uh, for Terry? It was palpable. No, Metcalf is coming. Um, oh, I like. That's all you need to know. That's all. Yeah, that's all you need to know. <laughs> August, September, in that
0: range. Um, hey, um, you guys just Instagram. I just pop up my Instagram real quick. You guys just flow. Uh, retweeted one of my tweets yesterday, and that was that. Inst- uh, that. DMX is one of the most underrated rappers of all time. Do you guys want to discuss that to end the show? You know, I listen to some rap.
1: I would not classify him as underrated, but I don't know how he's actually. I don't know how he's actually rated. How is he rated? Well, you know, I just feel like Okay, hold on. Here's the
2: thing about DMX. DMX is absolutely crazy. Now it's dark and hell is hot. It's amazing. Um, He went through a lot. I don't. He is a hard one to properly rate because his career got. Submarined.
0: what do you mean because he got he went to jail right for tax evasion
2: that, that and the, the jesus thing and there's a lot he, he had a lot of twists and turns to his career sure yeah uh, i don't know I, I i would
1: probably say no but i don't know i'm not an authority on rap like um like andrew spay
0: have you seen Spain, he He's the he's the foremost authority on rap.
1: He is at, I mean, he put out an authoritative top ten list that is irrefutable in my mind. We, maybe we can read that on the next show, um, but it's pretty good. All right, it's nine forty four. We can get out one minute early.
2: Um, have, I got a
0: piece. So bad
1: for for Ben Askren's bladder. Uh, for Dana White, I sacrificed
0: for the for Wayne Bauman.
1: <laughs> he did it for Wayne. Uh, thank you guys. Hey. 7 o'clock Central, 8 Eastern. We Are
2: Episode 3 is dropping. Kyle Brack, you'll be back tomorrow. Yes. I will be on the road tomorrow to King of the Ring Duels to watch actual live wrestling happen in front of my face. Wow. And uh, Sanction PA. Sanction PA.
1: Uh, Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Dan. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate you guys. You're the best. See you tomorrow. Adios.